All right, good morning, everyone. All right, let's try that one more time. Good morning, everyone. All right, great to see all of you here. I'd like for you to share as we begin our sermon, uh, just with your neighbor, whether you think this is good or bad and why you think it's good or bad, all right? Can you do that? All right, so here's the first picture. This is uh, a Vietnamese dish called pho. So with the person next to you, why is this good or bad and why would you categorize it that way? Go ahead. All right, for the sake of time, we'll move on to the second one. Here it is. It's a cat. Go ahead. Good or bad? Why? All right, next one is this. Red wine. Yeah, you're like, good. Oh, I'm at church. Oh, I mean bad, right? All right, how about the next one? Go ahead. Oysters. My wife hates oysters. I could eat like 24 straight, right? Okay, how about the last one here? Dodgers, good or bad? <laughs> I see some angels' hats in the front here. <laughs> well, on a more serious note, okay? How about tough times in our lives? How would you categorize those? Because that's where we're going this morning. Because we're going to be looking at the book of James, right? It's a very practical book. And so it's very, I mean, it's no surprise to us that he begins by addressing difficult trials or troubles or tough times in our lives. Because if you think about it, to walk a victorious Christian life, practically speaking, one of the first things that you have to address is we have to learn how to walk in victory and with courage through tough times. Because, oh, they will come in our lives. Amen? You guys are not awake this morning? I don't know if I'm, all right? They're going to come, amen? That's true, right? That's biblical, right? Which leads us to the first point. If you look at our verse, it tells us simply this. In verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, speaking to Christians, right? To sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters. When, not if, you meet trials of various kinds. Meaning, trials are going to be a part of the Christian journey. It's a part of you and my life. And so it's not a question of if they're going to come, but when. See, if you ever follow the Bible, this is very consistent. And we have to be careful that we don't believe in some weird Christian karma where you think to yourself, oh, if I read the Bible, if I do good things, if I go to church, then God owes me. My life should be good. There shouldn't be trouble. Or you think like, oh, trials or difficult times, they're a punishment. They're punitive from God. That's not biblically true. We got to believe that trials will come even to the beloved saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why in Matthew 7, Jesus teaches a parable about building your house upon the rock and not on the sandy land. Do you guys know that passage? Are you guys familiar with it? If you grow up in the church, there's like songs about it and stuff. But one of the most interesting things that you need to understand about that passage is even if you build your house on the rock, it does not exempt you from the storm. Meaning the question is not if trials or difficult times will come, it's when. See, if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, Pastor John, my life is pretty good right now. There's no problems. Let me just tell you some truth. It's coming. It's not to sadden you, but this is just to fill your head with truth. That for the Christian, the 
Bible never promises that our lives will be problem-free. In actuality, it prepares us otherwise so that we are ready in faith and in victory when they do come, because they will come. And they will come in all shapes and sizes. If you read this passage once again, it says, when you meet trials of various kinds. That word in the Greek is this right here. I just want to give it to you. It's called poikilos. And that in the original language is defined as varied or multicolored. Meaning the trials that come our way, some will be big, some will be small, some will be very, uh, maybe not so challenging. Some, they will rock your world and your faith. Some will last one day. Some will last years. Some will be financially. Some will be health-oriented. Some will be career-oriented. Some will be just external. And some, everything externally is okay, but internally you are struggling. They are varied. They are multicolored. And they will come. So, the question is, not if they come, when they come, how are we to handle them? Which leads us to point two. We are to count them all. Say that word with me, all. Count them all, big and small. The challenging ones, the easy ones, the ones that last for years, count them all as joy. Count them all as joy. Now, it's interesting. Joy is different than happiness, biblically. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Happiness is so often rooted in circumstance, but joy is not, right? This is what Craig Bloomberg, in his commentary, this is how he defines joy, and I love it. It says this, joy is a state of being, a settled contentment in every situation, or an unnatural, but it's not natural. It's an unnatural reaction of deep, steady, unadulterated, thankful trust in God. Meaning you could be going through the most difficult times and still have joy. Because it is an unnatural reaction. It's a settled contentment in every difficult situation. And it's interesting. Uh, James is not advocating a sadomasochism. He's not saying, ooh, I love pain. Who I love it when life is hard. That's not what he's talking about, right? If you look at Hebrews 12, 11, take a look at this verse. The Bible is clear. When you go through a difficult time, for the moment, all discipline or trials or tough times seems painful. It is. The Bible never tells you tough times are not hard nor painful. It's not a part of suffering. But rather than pleasant, but it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The reason why we can have joy, which leads us to point three, is because there is a purpose. It produces something in us. There is a, a purpose God-given every trial that we go through. Okay? So if you look at verse three, James goes on. You are to have joy in all trials because... For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, right? Endurance. But it's not just for endurance sake. Because he says, and let steadfastness have its full effect. There's a big picture involved. Because God wants to produce in some, something really spiritually beneficial for us, which is that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. 
Meaning the trials in our lives, all of it is brought into our lives, not because God has forgotten about you, not because he likes you suffering, but because God is doing something amazing in our lives to build in us something to become more and more like Jesus. And let's just be frank, we need more people that look like Jesus in this world, amen? And that's what he's producing in us. Isn't that valuable? Isn't that just a, that brings joy to know that God is purposing something in all of us through the difficulties. And as a parent, this makes sense, doesn't it? Right? Because for my two daughters, it's not so much that I never want them to face pain or difficult times because that's unrealistic in this broken world, right? But when they do go through something, my desire is that they would be able to face any struggle with maturity, with completeness, with courage, and with victory in Christ. This is why we train our kids, right? So when you have a baby, why do you do tummy time? Any parent of a young baby, why do you do tummy time? Because you want to laugh at their struggle? No, you do it because you know that that builds in them something that will help them in the long run. My daughter, my oldest daughter, she hated brushing her teeth. So at the age of one, I would have to, every night, she's crying like I was killing her or something, and we're trying to brush her teeth. I would stick my finger in, in her mouth to try to create a little space, and then I would shove a toothbrush in there and try to brush it. I'm not doing that because I'm like, yeah, yeah you, you taste that toothpaste. Like, I'm, like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm like, this is for your good. I need to build this in you. Why do we put veggies in front of our kids? They might hate you, but we do that because we are trying to produce in them something that's gonna, for the long run, build them into the people that we want them to be. See, for us, Jesus has a greater goal than just our happiness. And isn't that a wonderful truth? Look, my kids, if I just gave them the iPad every day, with just candy for dinner, they would think I'm the greatest dad ever. But my goal is not for their happiness. Isn't that true? That's what God is revealing to us through James in this passage. When you believe this, when you understand this, the Bible makes more sense because when you read stuff like Romans 5.3, this is what it says. This is shocking, but if you understand that God is doing something, it makes complete sense because it says this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. How can you say I rejoice in suffering? Well, when you understand that God is doing something amazing in your life. The next one. It says this, in 1 Peter 1, 6, in this you rejoice. In other translations, it'll say greatly rejoice because there's an emphasis there. In this you rejoice or greatly rejoice, no, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. See, this should be confusing to you unless you understand this truth that God brings it into our life to produce something in us. I love what Isabel Kuhn says. And she says this, and this is the quote. God does not waste suffering. It's not by accident. It's not because he's forgotten it. But if he plows it, it's because he purposes as crop in our lives. Look, there are so many times in my life where I learned some of the most valuable lessons, where I've grown the most when it was most difficult in my life. Have any of you guys experienced that? Right? I mean, I have. That's when I've grown the most. 
And I saw God so, he was a reality in my life, just walking with me. And you see, we can have joy, not only because of what Pastor Steve shared, or that he's there with us, he walks with us through the valleys. That's a beautiful thing, but it's not just that. It's that God is doing something for your benefit spiritually. And that is a good thing to be joyful about. Um, but I want to pause here because it is still challenging. So I, I love it when I see people that are pictures of this. Like this week, uh, my oldest daughter, Maddie, had uh, spring break. And so um, one morning, we went to breakfast at 85 degrees. We were eating breakfast. And a dear sister of mine from another church, she walked in. And you know, I've known each other for a long time. Just a little bit about her is uh, she lost her second daughter uh, three years ago. Um, and her daughter was like five to six months old. I mean, talk about life-altering. Talk about a trial. I haven't seen her in a while. So we're just kind of chit-chatting about our, our, our daughters and talking. And so I kind of just asked her, you know, I was like, hey, you know, how are you doing? You know, because I don't care if it was three years ago. That, that, that marks you. And so we're just talking. And uh, I was like, yeah, how's it going? You know, how, you know, how are you and your husband doing through all that? It must be so hard. I kid you not. This is what she said. She said, Pastor John. God is so good. And she started talking about how God is revealing things in her life and through her marriage and all these different things. And I was sitting there because I was preparing for the sermon. And I was like, dude, you are James 1, like right in front of my face, man. This is God like slapping me in the face and saying, you are James 1. Like I'm seeing it. It's possible. Even through the most difficult trials that we go through that we can count things as joy when we realize that God is in the midst of it. Uh, I share this story a lot, but there's a pastor of the village church named Matt Chandler. He had a malignant brain tumor. Uh, so on Thanksgiving morning, he had a seizure in front of his family. Five days later, they had to open up his skull and take that sucker out. Now, this is a video from two weeks after that, that surgery. And the reason why I'm showing it to you is because I want you to see how this man walks with victory, this man walks with joy, and he's learning valuable lessons that he would have never learned if he did not go through this struggle. Okay, so take a look. This is Matt Chandler. See, I want to show you guys things, things because I do really believe that this is one of the most difficult um, verses in the Bible to count it all joy when you face trials of varied kinds. I mean, the big, crazy ones. I mean, think about that. But it's happening in the world where people are grounded in Christ. They're walking through some of the most difficult storms of their life, and they're able to have joy because they see God moving in the midst of it. Now, um, I do want to pause here because um, maybe you're sitting here and saying, well, I'm not Matt Chandler. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. It's very hard for me. Well, there's grace for us this morning because I think God knows that. And so the next verses are very powerful and it's grace for us because I'll just be honest. There are times where we just don't understand and we doubt. And he's speaking now, James, God's speaking through James and he says this in verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, and you don't understand. God, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't have that wisdom to figure it out. Well, let him ask God, 
you can lean on Jesus. You can ask him. And check this out. He gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. The only thing he's asking is that you would just believe. Come in faith. Look, you don't have to have it all together. Let's just not pretend like every trial we go through, we're going to be fine. We're not. And the Bible understands that. So what he's saying is even if you start struggling, and I don't have the wisdom, I lack it, I can't understand why you would let me go through this divorce. I can't understand why you would make me go through such a hardship where my dad is passing away, or I'm losing my relationship with loved ones, or financially we can't get out of this debt. And you start thinking to yourself, I just don't understand. Well, the grace for us this morning is saying, God understands that. And he's asking that you would just come and just say, I don't understand, but I believe in you. Believe that you are enough. You just come with faith and say, God, don't know, but you know. I'm going to lean on you. See, if we had an opportunity to share everything that was going on in this, in this room, I bet you there's some really tough things that people are going But our God is enough. Amen? Our God is enough. He's generous. He's loving. And he is involved in everything that is going on in your life, good and bad. So we rejoice. Not because we like tough times, because God is doing something wonderful in us. May you hold on to that. May you trust in him. May you believe in him and have faith that our God is good and he's for us and he is enough. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Um, and sometimes we can't understand why you would be so involved in our lives. And just if we could be as honest as possible, there are times where we don't see you in the midst of the trials or we can't understand And to even consider joy, man, what a difficult thing. But we just thank you for your word that challenges us, that pushes us in the right direction. And we ask more of your grace for us when we lack wisdom, when we want to give up, when we have doubts, that you would work in us. We thank you so much for the good times and even the bad, the tough things. And may it shape us into the likeness of your son. In your name we pray. Amen.